Morning. I came in today and I was listening to Ginny's song and I always pray that the message will go with the song and the song will go with the message. And I have made it a commitment over the years never to tell the singer what I'm going to speak about, never to ask the singer what she or he is going to sing about. And I've never ceased to be amazed. She sang in those words, when your strength is almost gone, he'll come and carry you through every storm. The title of the message today is daily is strength for each day. So I'm sitting back where Bill was and I'm listening to those words and I'm just starting to cry and she's watching, right? And she's singing and she sees me and I take out my handkerchief and literally I was crying because I said, Lord, you always come through. You always work it out. You always are in every message and every song. Nothing happens by chance in our lives. You're working it out for the, for the best. And I just rejoice. It doesn't surprise me because I know how the Lord works, but it always touches me every time, every time. So may the Lord encourage us to know God's interested. He's involved in our lives. He's involved in the little things and the bigger things, and I thank God for that. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Father, we just want to thank you for this beautiful song. We thank you, Lord, that you carry us through the storms. When our strength is gone, when we have no power in ourselves, you're there for us. And we thank you that you love us so much, Lord. And you know what's best for us and how much we can handle. And we pray today that you'll encourage us from your word. Help us, Lord, to find our complete dependence on you, our sufficiency in you. Please hide me behind the cross today, Lord, and speak to our hearts through your word. We just pray now and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when you get older, you start sensing the fact that you're not as strong as you were when you were younger, right? We all start to lose our physical prowess, our physical strength starts to go down and go down. It's very hard for a professional athlete, for instance, when they get to the point where they can no longer do it anymore. And they get up in front of the cameras and they start to cry because they can't do it anymore. And basically they're giving up the relationships they had with their co-players and so forth and coaches. But the fact that they realize that they're not what they used to be, even the great Jerry Rice as a wide receiver had to call it quits. The great quarterbacks, Marino and all of them, Elway, they all, Montana, they all had to have their day of retirement. Their strength wasn't what it is. And people today put a great emphasis on physical strength. You do weightlifting, you do cardio, you do all kinds of exercises. You walk for miles like Adel and Brad and Sonny and, and all the different ones. And it's good to keep ourselves in shape and to have that physical strength. But more important than physical strength is the spiritual strength. And only we as Christians can have that spiritual strength because we're plugged into the source, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And when we're plugged into His source, we have the strength and we have the power. And the things that we don't think we can overcome and the things that we don't think we can conquer and the don't things we can't get through on our own, he's there to strengthen us and get us through it, through every storm, through everything we go through in life. But how do you increase your spiritual strength? We know how to increase our physical strength, right? But how do you increase your spiritual strength? You do it the same way you do the physical strength. 
diet and exercise. Eat the word, exercise yourself to godliness. It's simple. But when you, it's simple to say, but when you do it, you have to do it consistently on a daily basis. We have to be in the word. We have to be in prayer. We have to be in fellowship. And when we do that, our spiritual strength is strong. So the devil will not be able to get to us. But if we're not in the word and we're not in prayer and we're not coming to the meetings and we're dragging and struggling, the devil sees that one sheep there that he can pick on and he'll go after that. But when we stay together in the flock with Jesus Christ as our shepherd, we're strong in him. We have his strength and protection around us every day. So as I said, the title of our message today is Strength for Each Day. He's not going to give you strength today for tomorrow. He's going to give it to you tomorrow when you need it. And he's going to give you enough strength for the day, enough grace for the day. If you'll turn in, in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 33, we're going to read verses 24 to 29. And Ed's going to put it up on the screen. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 24. This whole chapter is Moses giving a final word of exhortation, comfort, encouragement, and blessing to each one of the 12 tribes. And the last tribe mentioned here is the tribe of Asher. And in verses 24 to 29, he gives a beautiful summary here, a beautiful portion for every believer, both those who were living then and us who are living now can gain so much from it. We're just going to focus pretty much on verse 25 today, but I want to read this portion 24 to 29. And Asher, and of Asher he said, Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him dip his foot in oil. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze and as your days, so shall your strength be. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun, who rides the heavens to help you, and in his excellency on the clouds. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you, and will say, destroy. Then Israel shall dwell in safety, the fountain of Jacob alone. In a land of grain and new wine, his heavens shall also drop dew. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you and you shall tread down their high places. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. There's three components, I think, to the strength that God gives us, the daily strength that we need. And they all begin with E. So it's real easy to remember, and by the end of the message, you should be able to remember them. Energy, endurance, and encouragement. That's what God's strength is made up. He gives us energy, he gives us endurance, and he gives us encouragement to get through that storm, to get through everything that life has for us. I work around a lot of people, and they're usually younger people than myself, and I always hear people say, and you've heard me mention it before, they'll say something like, I don't have any energy today. 
you know, they probably stayed out late partying, and they did this, and they did that, and they have to get up early for work. I don't have any energy today. Well, they came up with a solution for it in the world, and you've probably heard it advertised on the radio. Maybe you've seen it on television. Five-hour energy. Have you heard of that one? Five-hour energy. And really what it boils down to is high-octane caffeine. I mean, that stuff is going to, yeah, you're going to be wired for that. But what's going to happen when it finally wears off, right? I don't want five-hour energy, folks. I want 24-hour energy. I want God's energy. I want the energy that is from Him, not that it's going to be a temporary kind of pseudo-earthly kind of energy. We need the energy that comes from within through the Holy Spirit that gives us that strength to go on, to grow on, to be a blessing every day of our lives. So the people at 5-Hour Energy probably are not going to get any of my business. I've never tasted it. I've never tried it. I don't drink the energy drinks. I don't drink anything. You see what I drink there? There's the bottle right there. Water. That's it. That's it. And some milk. But that's pretty much, pretty much it. And my, I'm pretty boring. You know, between the milk, the water, that's, that's it. And people say Dean is boring, but that's okay. It's healthy. It is healthy. And you know the word energy is not found in the Bible? If you go to your concordance and you look it up in the Strong's Concordance or the Wonder from the New American Standard, or NIV, whatever, it's not found there. But the concept of energy is. It's power. It's God strengthening to us. It's found in the scriptures many, many times over. And I found a really great definition from Webster's New World Dictionary on energy. It says, strength or power efficiently exerted. Strength or power efficiently exerted. When we're going by God's power, it's the most efficient power source there is. There's a lot of debates on energy now. Green energy, we've got to have wind, solar, all these different things, uh, all these different programs, not have oil anymore, we've just got to have all these different things. Plug in our cars and everything. And there's, there's a place for it. But the best energy is God's energy. Because it's not something that wears out or runs out. It's there for us every day. In the world of physics, and those of you who have studied that and kids in school, energy is the capacity for doing work and overcoming resistance. That's what energy is, doing work and overcoming resistance. How many people have some form of resistance in your life today that you're facing? I mean, we'd probably all raise our hands because there is resistance, especially in the world. As soon as somebody knows you're a Christian, there's going to be resistance. Brad told the story today about his experience. Resistance. People resist, and if you tell them about God, they'll listen. And so you mention Jesus Christ, and you talk about resistance. Tim Tebow found it. Uh, Jeremy Lin finds it. People are with you. Boy, they're with you all the way. But as soon as you talk about the Lord, as soon as you talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, we better take it off. Move on. They don't want, to, they don't want it. There's a resistance there. But thank God that he gives us that strength, that energy we need throughout our lives. In Joshua 10, verses 12 and 13, Joshua spoke uh, to the people and it says, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel and said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the, Lord, so the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. 
Now, if that's not one of the most amazing miracles in all the scripture, they needed some time. They needed to defeat the enemies that God had told them what to do and they needed more time. He said, sun, stop. Moon, stop. God actually, on that day, made the sun stop, made the moon stop, and it's totally amazing. It's true. God is a great God. We saw it on Wednesday night. He can stop the moon. He can stop the sun. And that's exactly what God does. But he gives us the strength. I love that verse in Isaiah 40, 31 that says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We all get to the point where we're without strength. And we need his strength. That can be physical, that can be emotional, that can be mental, or whatever type of strength we're, we're missing. God is the power source. And that's why it says in verse 25, which is our key verse today, the last part of the verse, as your days, so shall your strength be. God gives us strength for each and every day. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you a day that's going to be in keeping with the strength that you have. No. No. He says, I'm going to give you strength to keep with the day that you're going to have. Because how many of us know what's going to happen tomorrow? We don't. But we know God does. And he's already got the strength and he's already got the grace ready for whatever circumstance we're going to go through tomorrow. Could be a health issue, could be a job issue, could be a family issue, could be a, anything like that. And God's grace is sufficient. Remember the Apostle Paul. He prayed three times that that thorn in the flesh would be removed. And if I was Paul, I would have done the same thing, and there's nothing wrong to pray. We should pray, Lord, deliver us from this. Heal us from this. But after praying three times, the Lord came back to him and says, my grace is sufficient for you. Strength is made perfect in your weakness. And then Paul said, most gladly will I therefore glory in my infirmities, rejoice, boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. But when you think about strength, and of all the different Bible characters you have, men and women in the Bible, if I said to you, who is the first one that comes to mind as being strong, strong in the Bible? Strength, having strength. Samson. But the answer to that question, it's kind of like a trick question, because he was actually the weakest person in the Bible. He wasn't the strongest. Physically, he was the strongest, and as long as he was walking with God, he had not only that physical strength, he had the spiritual strength. But as soon as he gave in to Delilah, as soon as he gave in to sin, as soon as he did that, he lost all his physical strength, and all the spiritual strength was gone. And he became the weakest person in the Bible. It's amazing to me. Physical strength is important. Spiritual strength is more important. And praise God, you can look at a saint who can be in a wheelchair, who can be paralyzed, like Johnny Erickson Tata. And there she is, and she's got the pen in her mouth and doing her writing and so forth. She's one of the strongest saints we know. And then you have that man who we saw in the movie. He has no legs. And he has no arms, right? No arms and no legs. And yet he's strong in his faith. That's the thing. It's not about our physical strength, our physical prowess, though there's nothing wrong with that and we should do that. But I was just thinking, 
If you have all of that and don't have the spiritual strength, you are a spiritual weakling. In the old days, they used to call a person, when you're kind of on the skimpy side, a 98-pound weakling. And they'd laugh at people, 98-pound weakling. Well, you can be a 98-pound weakling physically, but let's not be 98-pound weaklings spiritually. Let's know the Word of God. Let's, let's be those who are strong in Him. Let's be those who are spending time with Him. And then we can do it. Because when you think about it, spiritual strength enables you to overcome temptation. It overcomes sin. It gives you the ability to intolerate all the injustices and unfair things that happen to you. Spiritual strength also gives you the ability to overcome pain and sorrow and disappointment in life and to gain victory over this evil flesh and over the world and over the devil. That's where spiritual strength comes in. But so many times, we think we can handle the situation. We think we're strong, right? And we can't. We really can't. There's a story told of an old Scottish castle called the Old Edinburgh Castle. And in the history of, the, of Scotland, it was only defeated and captured one time. And this is how it happened. The castle had a weak spot which the defenders guarded. But they thought that the steepness of the castle made it inaccessible, impregnable. No sentries were put there. An attacking party crept up the unguarded slope and surprised the garrison into surrendering. When the castle was strong, it was really weak. So many times we think we're so strong in the strengths in our lives and that, and that we don't need help in that area. We don't need help in this area. That's our strength. We have weaknesses, yes, but this is our strength. Do you know what? The devil's going to go after our strengths. And you know why? Because we think we're strong. That's why Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Therefore, he who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. You know, we all know our weaknesses, and we know we better guard our weaknesses, but do we guard our strengths too? We need to do it, because the devil knows very well our strengths and very well our weaknesses and how to attack us, and that's why we need to pray. We need to pray daily. We need to be in his word. So that's the first point this morning, energy. We need energy, not just physically. We need spiritual energy, spiritual strength to overcome and be victorious for the Lord. The second thing we need in our life is endurance. You know, when you run a marathon, you start getting tired toward the end of that race. And some of those folks, they run ultra marathons, which can be 50 miles or 100 miles. And I remember when I used to run those marathon races, I never liked them because you have to keep the right pace and finish the race. And that's what's a key about it. That's the key to it. You need endurance to get through it. And so many times we want to quit, we want to give up, it's too much, Lord, I can't do it. And yet the Lord says, keep going. My friend Walt Huckabee and I spent a lot of time together when I was at Bethany years ago, and, and I really liked this dear brother, and one of the expressions he used all the time was, keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. And that's what the Lord says, just keep going, I'll give you the strength, I'll give you the endurance, but you've got to keep going. Keep going and he will give you the strength. In running, when you run races and so forth, and training and everything, they talk about getting a second wind. And you'll be running along, and you start getting tired, and all of a sudden you get that second wind. And then you keep going a little further, and maybe you need a third wind. 
Well, it's been that way in my Christian life. I know it. Sometimes I need the second win. Sometimes I need the third win. And the Lord always comes through for me when I pray and seek him and trust him. He gives me that strength. The other day I got off Saturday at work and I was telling Sylvia I was coming home. I was just totally exhausted. Lord, I am so tired. I've never been this tired at the end of work. And I think it's because we worked a lot of overtime the other five days of the week. And then we had to work back that up with a Saturday eight-hour shift. So I came home and I was really tired, but I said, Lord, I have to do the church. I have to get the breaking of bread ready. I have to get the schedule ready and do all the things I do at the church. I've got to do it, Lord. I don't have strength. Please help me. So I come to the church and I start working and I said, Lord, thank you. You've given me a second win. And then I'm doing all this stuff. And then I started getting a little more tired and I said, I need a third win, Lord. And he did. He gave me the strength to finish it and go on and on. And that's how good the Lord is. He gives us the endurance because it's no good to run a race unless you finish the race. You can't win a race, right, until you finish the race. Hebrews 10.36 is a beautiful verse. We had this in the scripture memory class a while back on endurance. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. We need endurance. You know, Adel spoke about the book of Job last week, and he mentioned Job, and he is the epitome of endurance. He kept going. It was tough. He got depressed. He was saddened by all these circumstances that had happened to him, but he didn't give up. And James chapter, in James chapter 5 and verse 11, we have a commentary on Job. It's neat that the Old Testament comments on the New Testament so beautifully. And James says this, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and have seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. When Job was going through that, the Lord was right there with him, going through it with him. And he's with us too when we go through it. Just like it says here in our text, As your days so shall your strength be. I remember quite a while back, Sally mentioned this verse. She was mentioning it to me. And, I, and it's a beautiful verse. And I was reading it the other day, and I said, I remembered that. And it's so true. God gives us the strength according to our days, according to our needs. And it's so beautiful. I found a story yesterday that made me cry, not once, not twice, but three times while I was reading this story, I'm going to try to get through it, but it's a beautiful story and an illustration of a man who endured and persevered in relative anonymity. And it goes like this. Are you ready for a baseball trivia question? Now, I know we've got some baseball fans like Ryan and Vince, if he was here, different ones love baseball. Well, here you go. Who is Clint Courtney? Who is Clint Courtney? Have you ever heard of Clint Courtney? Well, maybe we could call the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown and see if Clint Courtney is in the Hall of Fame. He's not there. He, he's, he's not in the Hall of Fame, and he probably didn't have any baseball cards, bubblegum cards as we used to call them, with his picture and his stats on it or, or anything like this, because it's very doubtful. This guy wasn't a legend in his own time, not even in his own mind. He was a memory maker for his family and a few diehard fans who were inspired by his tremendous fortitude. And this is where it gets really interesting. Clint played catcher for the Baltimore Orioles, and I found out several other teams in the 1950s. And during his career, he earned the nickname Scrap Iron. Scrap Iron. 
Now, I found out when I went on to the internet, he had another one named, too. He was the Toy Bulldog. So he was Scrap Iron, and he was the Toy Bulldog, and that should give you an idea of his character. This man, Clint Courtney. He was hard, weathered, tough. They called him Old Scrap Iron. He had little speed on the base pass. He was not a good hitter. As for grace and style, he made the easiest play look rather difficult. But armed with mitt and mask, scrap iron never flinched from any challenge. Batters often missed the ball and caught his shin. Their foul tips nipped his elbow. Runners fiercely plowed into him. Spikes first as he defended home plate. I hope I can get through Often, though doubled over in agony and flattened in a heap of dust, Clint Curtney never quit. Invariably, he would slowly get up, shake off the dust from himself, and punch the pocket of his mitt once, twice, and indicate to the pitcher to throw another one. The game would go on, and Courtney with it, scarred, bruised, clutching his arm in pain, he determined to continue. He resembled a POW with tape, splints, braces, and other kinds of paraphernalia that wounded people wear. Some made fun of him, calling him a masochist, insane. Others remember him as a true champion. Scrap iron. When you have a piece of scrap iron, what, what does that indicate? It's been thrown away. It's been discarded. It's scrap iron. Nobody has, sees any usefulness for it. This man was not a great hitter. He was a 268 career hitter. Played 11 years in the major leagues. But he gave it his all. Wasn't the most talented. Wasn't the most widely known or popular. You, if, it, if he was living nowadays, you wouldn't find him on SportsCenter. He wouldn't be on the highlights. He wouldn't make any highlights. But the man gave his all. And I was thinking if we had Christians like that who would depend on Christ to that level and give that kind of effort like this man gave and rely on Christ's strength, just think what great things could be done for the Lord. It really touched me. Here was a man who gave us all. May the Lord give us that energy. May the Lord give us that endurance to keep going in our Christian life, leaving the results for his glory. Also, another favorite hymn I have is the one, and we sing it sometimes on Sunday morning. It says, Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Help me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. This verse is so beautiful. As your days so shall your strength be. So we need his energy. We need his endurance so that we can make it. And the third thing we need is his encouragement. We need encouragement. No one, I don't care if it's the President of the United States, the Queen of England, I don't care if it's a rich person like Bill Gates, everyone needs encouragement. Because you can only face so much in life. You can only get through so many trials and storms and struggles. You can only endure so much. But the Lord gives us the third E, and that's encouragement. And just when you think you need it, He comes through and gives you that 
encouragement. We've all experienced it. And what it is, is energy is the, is the power to get going. Endurance is the power to keep going. And encouragement is making the going sweeter and easier. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. If you've ever seen some of these races like the Boston Marathon and you see all the runners going by one after the other, one after the other, and you see that person there cheering on the side, Go, you can make it. You've only got a mile to go. Keep going. And they're cheering him on. One of the runners recently said that's really what helped him win that race was the person along the way that encouraged him. Encouragement, it's a tremendous thing to keep going for the Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ, before he left this world, he gave his disciples encouragement. He gave them the instructions. He gave them the the resources. And it says in Matthew 28, 20, where he promised them, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's encouragement. And that's what we need. When we're sad, when we're down, when we're discouraged, the Lord is there to pat us on the back, to smile at us, to look at us in the, in the eye and say, I love you, I'm going to get you through this. Because we can have, like I said, energy and endurance, but we've got to have the encouragement. And God uses people to encourage us too, that's what I like. That's why in the book of Acts, we have the man named Barnabas there. His real name wasn't Barnabas, his real name was Joses or Joseph which is a beautiful name too. But the apostles said, we're going to change your name. Peter had his name changed. A lot of people had their name changed. Abraham was Abram and then Abraham and so forth. But God changed it. So now he's going to be known as Barnabas, son of encouragement. And I remember Don. And we're never going to forget that, brother. He was a Barnabas, right? He was a son of encouragement. He would smile at you. He would greet you. He would love you. And we should all be sons of encouragement. Because when we come to church, we don't just come to hear the word. We don't just come to sing the songs and have fellowship. We come to encourage one another. That's why I like Mike's message. He gave a devotion the other day of, it's not about the food. The men's dinner, the women's dinner is not about the food. It's about the fellowship. It's about the encouragement we bring to another each other. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friend. And that's what we do. We get that encouragement every day. Moses encouraged Joshua. Elijah encouraged Elisha. Paul encouraged Timothy and Silas and Mark and so many others. And we need that encouragement. And I thank God for all the mentors we have in our church. And all the mentorees that are being mentored, because those mentorees are going to become one day mentors for others. And that's what's exciting about it, because you can call it a disciple or a mentor. mentor. It's, the, it's the same. It's a blessing. Well, I got another story that touched my heart, too, about this subject of encouragement. There was a young man, his name was Scott Kriegel, in 1987... He was a great basketball player, and I know a lot of you brothers like to play basketball on Sunday afternoon. Well, he used to go and practice every day his free throws, free throws, free throws, jump shots, over and over and over again. He was so excited. The fall was coming. Basketball season was going to be starting, and this is summertime, and he's ready and everything until one day he got into a car accident, and Scott went into a coma. A few days later, he came out. He had some 
head injury and it was going to take a long, long rehabilitation process. And you always see it when these people go through that. They don't want to face it. They kind of go into denial. They don't want to do the hard work of the rehabilitation. It takes a lot of hard work to relearn how to use things and how to do things and walking and all of that hard work. And he had an attitude like many of them do. He didn't want to do it. Well, this coach was an encourager. And his coach was named Tom Martin. He was the basketball coach at the Christian school where Scott attended. So Scott is a Christian and the coach as well. And he went to him and he said, you know what, Scott? There's going to be a place on the varsity team for you. I'm going to hold a spot for you on the roster on the varsity team. But you have to promise me this, that you'll do all the exercises they tell you to do, that you'll make all the effort to get better. And if you do that, I've got a spot for you on the team. And guess what? Scott had a wife named Cindy, and she too was a great encourager. And it says in our story that she spent time with Scott, long time, hours and hours, encouraging him to go through it and do everything that was necessary. And then we have the end of the story. Scott got better. We see it on TV. Sometimes you see him walking out of the hospital. You start seeing him walk and so forth. Scott got better. Two months later, and I thought, this is amazing. How could this be? But two months later, after this accident, he was in the coma. He had to go through all the struggles of recovery. Scott scored the last nine free throws of the game to lead his team to a triple overtime win. All because he had a coach who encouraged him, he had his wife, the coach's wife to encourage him, and I'm sure he had his teammates, and I'm sure he had his parents and everybody encouraging him. We need energy, we need endurance, and we need encouragement. And they're all needed in our lives. We can't make it without that. That's why in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, we have the recipe there for the Christian life where it says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting or encouraging one another so much more as you see the day approaching. To sum up then, the verse here is so beautiful. As your days, so shall your strength be. Do we need strength? We do. We need physical strength, mental, emotional, but especially spiritual strength. We need it. We need it. These are the three components. We need that energy to every day get going for the Lord. And sometimes we do get tired, but the Lord strengthens us. One brother used to say years ago, actually more than one brother, I get tired in the Lord's work, but I don't ever get tired of the Lord's work. And that's so true. That is really true. Because we never get tired of serving the Lord. But we get tired when we serve the Lord, and that's when he comes there and gives us that strength to carry on. And we need the endurance. I said, Lord, make me a scrap iron Christian. May I be willing to serve you and do whatever it takes, even if I'm not going to be in the limelight, even if nobody sees it or knows it or hears about it. Let me be like scrap iron who does it for the good of the team. He put his body out there at the good of the team. And you know what? The other, you know how Tom, uh, Paul Harvey used to say the rest of the story? When I looked it up on the internet, the man only lived to be 48 years old. 
48 years old. I don't know what he died from, and I've got his picture in my briefcase if you want to see the story or see his picture. He has a big smile on his face. He didn't care. He gave it his all. And if he was doing that for a cause like baseball, for a team like the Orioles, or he played for the Yankees too and a number of other teams, if he was willing to do that for them and felt it was worth it, shouldn't we be willing to do anything for the Lord and say, Lord, it's worth it. I want to be like scrap iron. I want to give it my all no matter what. That's where the encouragement is. May the Lord give us the energy, the endurance, and the encouragement to get through the day. I just want to read for you this song. We sing it sometimes. It's number 424. If you want to, Ed, put it up on the screen. It's a beautiful song, 424, which is day by day. And I thought, wow, this song is so encouraging. Sometimes we sing the songs and we don't really dwell on the words, and so I want to dwell on these words a little bit. They're very beautiful. Listen to it. Day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I have no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Every day the Lord himself is with me. He is near me with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares he fain would bear and cheer me. He whose name is counselor and power. The protection of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he laid. As thy days, here's the verse that we're having, as thy days, thy strength shall be in measure. This the pledge to me he made. Help me then in every tribulation, so to trust thy promises, O Lord, that I lose not faith's sweet consolation offered me within thy holy word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting, ere to take as from a father's hand, one by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till I reach the promised land. May the Lord encourage our hearts to give us the energy, to give us the endurance, and to give us the encouragement that we need in our Christian walk. He's looking for a few good men and women, like the men that Gideon had that was whittled down from 32,000 all the way down to 300. May we be the 300. May we be the scrap iron Christians. May we be the ones that the world casts off and says they're not worth it, they're not important. You're important to him. I'm important to him. May we just close in a word of prayer today. Father, we just want to thank you so much for saving us, Lord, and giving us hope and peace and eternal life that only those who accept Jesus Christ will have everlasting life. And we pray for anyone here today that has not received you, Lord, that they won't go home without you because they can't have the spiritual energy, the spiritual endurance, and the spiritual encouragement that they need. They can't have life. They can't have joy without you, Lord. And we pray that they would come to know you today. And we pray for all of us, Lord, that we will find you to be our sufficiency every day and that you will strengthen us to get through every storm. And so we want to thank you today, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Take us home safely and help us to be a blessing to everyone we meet. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.